Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode, what, 82 now? 82, we're getting close to the big 100. Um, yeah, how you doing? This is episode 82 and I've got two guests. It's rare I have two guests. I've got Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, uh, both working in the, the comic book industry. An amazing, it was, it's such a good conversation. Um, at this point, I meant to plug com, but... As you'll hear from recent weeks, that's getting a shorter and shorter plug every darned week. But yeah, uh, I had a lot of people request an artist on because I've had a lot of comic book people. I've had um, I've had Alan Moore, and I've had Garth Ennis, and I've had a Warren Ellis, and loads of amazing people. And I had a few people say you've had a lot of comic book writers and creators on, and not any who come more from the 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 the, the drawing side of it so i was gonna have jamie on but but jamie and kieran work so well together and have done so much together it felt like it just made sense to have them both on and it was great because i get to kind of discuss that relationship between artists and between a writer and how much give and take there is and how much the back and forth works so it's a really good fun one but before we get into that i want to talk a little bit about a last week's guest and thank you all for going crazy about that last week i had jason reed on and i've probably not mentioned it in a while but when i started off doing the distraction pieces podcast the idea was i'd looked at big tv shows like graham norton or whoever else and they have millions and millions of viewers and each week they have four or five huge hollywood stars or huge pop industry stars or whatever else and the reality is that still get those millions of viewers if they had three or four huge hollywood stars and one person who's just got some interesting shit to say you know and that's not hating on the hollywood stars just one person who's got in also got interesting shit to say but isn't necessarily a big pull so that's why from early on i've had people who aren't who don't come under the famous bracket one of the most popular podcasts we've had one of the most downloaded was with paul vickery who is one of the people who works at and runs the prince charles cinema in london and we just talked about how an independent cinema works and i had john tolly who um who runs a banquet records and we talked about how independent record stores work and the independent music scene and putting on club nights and live gigs and we had dr susie gage that went down a treat just talking about her studies and other people's studies in into recreational drugs to be used in in as medication um, and we had Carla Valentine on, who talked about that, who's a mortician, and talked about the relationship between sex and death, and the taboos of sex and death, and the taboo of death, and the taboo of sex separately. Not, it's not just a big podcast about a necrophilia. That's not what's going on here. So yeah, and obviously I've had my mum and dad on in the past, and or just just all sorts of other ones where it's it's about interesting stories and topics rather than the level of fame and that's what last week was we had jason reed on who's who was an associate producer on a film called the culture high which is all about the war on drugs and and looking at what's gone on there and what the effects have been and looking at the drug policy all around the world and drug laws and policy in, in different countries and it went down a storm it's it's one of them that you it's great because you watch it grow because the initial downloads will be reasonably low because we've got our core subscribers who listen to every single episode and I, I love you guys you team 3w legends but then we've got some who understandably there's a lot of podcasts to choose from and i recommend a lot on here regularly so maybe i should cut down doing that i might be 
be putting some of you off and sending you in other ways. But there's a certain amount of people who who look at the guest and download if they're familiar with them. And the beauty of ones like this is those core lot who listen to all of them went absolutely mental for it, which then means it spreads. And I think that that's one of the podcasts that's had the most coverage in different places. There was so many articles and websites blogging and writing about it and pointing people in the right direction to hear it because it's a fascinating conversation. So, yeah, that was really nice and I really enjoyed it. So thank you for that. Let's talk a, a little bit about who we're going to have next week as well. Is, is there anything else I need to update you all on? I don't think there is. No, I think that's about it. Um, next week, I have Jim Smallman from Progress Wrestling, and that's going to get a lot of you excited because there's been so much demand for getting some kind of involvement with someone from Progress on. I really recommend you listen to this one. It's it's such a good chat. If you're into wrestling or not into wrestling, it's, it's very, very briefly, Progress Wrestling is a, a British independent wrestling company that's just gone absolutely cr- cr- crazy and has built a huge fan base in japan and america and the uk and their, sh- their shows in london a 750 cap a venue at the electric ballroom have been selling out in 16 minutes 18 minutes all sorts of things like that and it's crazy so yeah i recommend you check that one out it's a great chat um it helps that jim is a stand-up comedian and has been a presenter and done all sorts of things like that so he knows how to talk you know it, it, it makes it a very comfortable and enjoyable interesting podcast as said, if you're into wrestling or not. But anyway, that's tons of other things. Let's get on with this week's podcast, episode 82. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast with Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to Distraction Pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to the... Vaguely professional. Look at that, I like it. Oh, man. Dan Lissac always refuses to wear headphones. He's not a fan of it at all. It'll always be, no, I can hear you. I can have a conversation. And my argument is always, I want to make sure I'm not talking too loud or or anything else. But, yeah. Oh, I can hear myself. You can hear yourself. Yep. I mean, I'm counting that as our start, really, with... We've begun as we've put our headphones on. Yes. Um, I'm joined today by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Is that, is, is that pronounced right? Am I yeah. getting both yep. your names right? I read them on comics. I've never yeah. said them out loud. It's like a magic word. It's a weird thing. But how are you both? Good. Yes, we're excellent. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you've both confirmed that. I didn't yeah. want to. <laughs> I didn't want Jamie sp- speaking on both of your behalves. So we're hurting on the inside, but you know, <laughs> on the outside there's a level of cheer. All true artists as should be. Um, <laughs> A lot of the listeners will know I've had a fair few a comic book guys in. Um, so I've had Alan Moore and Warren Ellis and Garth Ennis. But I've never had um, <laughs> writer really and artist kind of. <laughs> oh, no, I'm ex- ex- excited because you guys as well, although you've both been been doing it a while now, you do still feel as if kind of a part of the new school of, of, of comic book writing. So, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to have you both on. Um I've mentioned you a few times because I, I rave about The Wicked and The Divine, um, which, I mean, yeah, let's start with that. We may as well. I'm, I'm going to get into how you got into comics and all the typical stuff you have to probably answer or, or put on a wiki page regardless. Um, but, yeah, how did that, that come about and how's, how's the reception been? Because it absolutely – I was aware of both of your work and read both of your work, but that was the one that made me go, 
oh shit, this is this is nice. Yeah, it's one of the things. It's actually a hit, which is yeah. after being as indie and dirty for as long as we have been. Yeah. The idea that something's actually selling is, yeah. is scary. As in, we get uh, we get proper levels of cues, and we get people freaking out in lots of very exciting ways, yeah. which is kind yeah. of weird because it's what we. We wanted to do it, I guess. Yeah. As we were kind of like, we were halfway through a book called Young Avengers for Marvel, which was going, which went very well and had a different audience for. And me, about halfway through, I mailed Jamie to say, I think we should do a different book after this. Because I thought we were going to do Phonogram, which is all yep. what we always did. And the idea of going back to what was a perpetually niche, <laughs> incredibly cultish, obscure book yeah. after we've actually, you know, done a minor sort of pop thing, we should do our own thing. We should make a big statement. This is like a once in a lifetime chance to actually get on a big stage and play that play that song, metaphorically speaking. Yeah, and that's that's kind of came. Okay, I've got this idea for a book. Uh, we should do this, and that was Wickdiv. Um, uh, the email actually said, "For once in lives, let's not be stupid." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, which is like hilarious. Yeah. It's it's great because it's very real world and very a fantasy and very yeah. It just seemed to to bring everything together and have a perfect mix of. I think there's been. A lot of comics, or it's touched upon a, a lot in modern comic, the kind of uh, looking at the modern world and looking at pop stars and pop idol and so on and so forth. And it's been done well in places and it's been done badly in places, but this somehow didn't even f- feel like that. It is commenting on, 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 on modern society, but it didn't feel like it's saying, oh, look, this is a comment on modern society. You yeah. know what I mean? It felt just more, that's just bled into the world that you've created and written there. Yeah, I, th- I think for, for us... Uh, with Div is kind of um, it's a distillation of everything leading up to that point for us in terms yeah. of what we listen to, what we watch, and what we what we read, and also what we've done so far. And so I guess that's kind of how that ended up like that. We sort of I think it's also going to be it's going to be the last big thing we do in comics together. Yeah, I think this is our this is our oh, statement sounds so wanky, but this is our statement. Yeah, yeah. I mean this is like this is the, the this is this is the this is the preacher. You know, this is the transmitter. You know, yeah. I think it's like. That's five years, you know, yeah, and it, yeah. ta- it will be five years by the time we finish. So we're very aware that, okay, this is the chance to have something with a big spine on it, yeah. uh, which is yeah. like rare and weird. And as Jamie says, it's kind of explicitly a lot of my work's about, especially the stuff I do with Jamie, mm. is about how culture changes us, how art changes us, how we, you know, for better and worse, why does yeah. anyone fall in love with the record? Yeah. Uh, and what does that really mean for you? And so this kind of Wickdiv is literally, as Jamie said, this sublimation of everything we have ever loved. Yeah. And it's all in there. It's very, And that's kind of what it ends up being about. And yeah. people sort of... I mean, the idea of being gods as pop stars and pop stars as gods. And people quite, people quite often get confused. As the, I think they find it quite interesting. And some yeah. people, are we actually decrying them? Are we celebrating them? And it's not really that. It's, it's kind of more like describing it. That's yeah. exactly it. <laughs> that's it. We're not and, judging and it. Anyway. Like, and, and that definitely comes across, as I was saying, it doesn't feel as if it's trying to make this big... The statement and and like you mentioned a trans met there obviously an absolute classic but definitely 100 percent making a big statement mm, in every yeah, single yeah. every single <laughs> breath of spider you know kind of and things like that so that's what i kind of have liked about it it felt so natural but it also feels that as you said it it, it you couldn't have written this any other time than now no. i feel with uh, everything with urban a, gl- a glamour which was the first thing i saw of yours yeah egotistically because one of the characters had a, a Lasak versus a Pip t-shirt on. <laughs> yes. So that's that's what, what dragged me in. But then f- oh, a phonogram and things like that were all quite... Even though um, Urban Glamour did, did go surreal and odd, they're all still quite rooted in intentionally mundane realities. Mm. So, But then going off and working on Young Avengers and, and doing the redesign on, 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 on Captain Marvel and things like that, it felt that that brought you to this world where you can put the two together and have these characters that look so amazing and sh- 
you know, instantly cult feeling, yet still be a very real world and have some 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 very real characters in there as well. Yeah. I think my favourite scene. I won't say my favourite scene in Wicked, but it's a lot we think about is how fantasy transforms the environment you're in. At least part of the joy of the fantasies I like are like you walking down the street. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to like Transformers. Yeah. And like, the fun of the Transformers is there's a car and it could be a robot. Yeah. So every yeah. time you see a car, you're thinking that one could be a robot. Yeah. Maybe maybe this one could be a robot. Yeah. And that's kind of I think that's and that allows you to reimagine your life. I always use a metaphor like when parkour started coming in. Yeah. The point of parkour was you put people in a essentially concrete blocks are meant to be like prisons. Yeah. And they change into a play park. This yeah. is an imaginary leap that allows you to transform your environment. And that's kind of what we like doing with our fantasy. Yeah. And like in Wicked, there's a scene where Laura is like texting Dom on the on the on the night bus home late at night, and then Baal turns up in the sports car and you know, his kids around yeah. it and does this big lightning storm thing. Yeah. And he found it because she had her location on the phone. Yeah. You know that kind of makes it really it's the taken- most. In the reality and the most sublime yeah. and unreal. Um, parkour is, is a, a, a beautiful analogy there of the idea of not having any restrictions and using all of your surroundings. The one that instantly came to mind to me is a far sh- shittier example was after Men in Black came out and, and it was like, anyone could be an alien. I was, I was obviously aware they're not, but it was exactly that. How Men in Black, it was like these normal people are suddenly aliens. I was like, enjoy it the next day on the bus being like, Imagine though. Imagine yeah. if that bus driver he does look proper weird. Imagine if he's an alien. So, yeah, it's that that beautiful a mix. But so let's get into a little bit of. I don't know if we, if I should start with how you guys met or how you guys started working in the industry. I don't know which came first. It's what do you want to? The same answer, really. Yeah. Um, so I had just been. So I started really late. I I I drew when I was a kid, but I kind of stopped in my mid-teens and then. Uh, was at university, my girlfriend at the time made me read Sandman. Yeah. And that, that was how I got into comics. And there's a really good comic shop in Nottingham called Page 45, because I went to Nottingham Uni, um, and started getting into comics. So I was really late. I was sort of about 21. I thought, well, maybe I'll give this a go and started trying to draw. Yeah. Taking it seriously. Um, and so a couple of years after that, I put together a few pages of portfolio type stuff, early version of Suburban Glamour. And I went to Bristol Comic Con in 2003 because um, a couple of people I met online were going and they said they should come as well um, and Kieran so I'd, I'd, I'd had a, a like a, a short uh, story in a, in a black and white photocopied anthology yeah, uh, yeah. put together by a guy called Ali Pulling who was sharing a table at the con with Kieran uh, Kieran had also put together a little black and white photocopied anthology Yeah. Um, and Ali wasn't at the table and I came by the table to meet him and Kieran was there, and we just started talking. I just showed him the pages I was doing, and he basically said, "Oh, I've got a comic I'm writing called Phonogram. I think you should draw it." And that was it. It's beautiful. That was, that was it. And yeah. Really weirdly random meeting. Can you yeah. imagine how different both our lives would have been. I mean, you know, and I, saw, yeah, I know logically we would have bumped into each other. You know, the scene isn't very big, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. people who share an aesthetic kind of bump into each other. But it's like that was really as like just happened to be on the same table. And again, the beauty of of happened to and. I'm guessing that was at a time where there was a bit more of the resurgence of just just having these black and white photos and just just putting out small strips and small runs yeah. of things and just going look let's 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 make something rather than that I'm trying to get in with this company or in with this yeah. this publisher. I mean, you know? the, yeah. the thing to remember then, like in 2003, there was one con in the UK. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose to now, when there's a con every weekend, it's somewhere. There was like Bristol Con, and that was it. And there was like a couple of really small, like a con the size of this room. Yeah. That's that's the other cons. I was we going to say, and there's a variation of cons all the time mm. now as, as well. Because the first one I went to was last year. I went to the big, the big one at the XL, mm. and. I was kind of underwhelmed because by the time I'd got through all the market stalls of 
just weird costumes and, sh- and shit I wasn't that interested in. I was exhausted. And I, it, it was because I didn't know my way around. So by the time I got to the actual the comics yeah. and where the artists and, and writers were, I was a little bit like, all right, let's have a quick look and then, <laughs> and then go home. I'm exhausted. Whereas a thought bubble and things like that and all the different things around where they're more just drawn on purely the, yeah. the comic side of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And all terrible DJing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, so... So yeah, that was that was it. And then, I mean, we didn't actually get to make Phonogram for three years, yeah. Um, yeah. for various reasons. Partly because I was trying to make money and live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that like, I, I was got a, it was an editorial comic for a mag- official PlayStation magazine. That's yeah. all. Oh wow. That was that was like I was a journalist at the time, yeah. uh, and it was like we need they needed somebody to do an, an editorial cartoon, and I thought like, that's a hundred quid for Jamie a month. Yeah. Right, we'll get that. There's a lot of that kind of work. Yeah. How on earth we can get some money together? Yeah, I, I was late to I was late to games. Sorry, I was late to comics as well. I got to comics circa 2000. Yeah, in terms of like, and it was a moment. I was reading Warren's Transmet. I mean, actually, Authority, and then Planetary the week after, then Transmet, and then I went yeah. to Warren Alice Four, and then six months later, I go to my first con, write my first script, the night I get back. A year later, I've started. You know, I, that's basically when I meet Jamie. Yeah, so it's that kind of like I fell in really late as well. But again, it's beautiful. Mm. Because it's late, but it's at a time where you're, and it's going to sound odd, but you're grown up and intelligent enough to go, right, here's what I need to do and yeah. do it. Like, like Rather than the years and years of going, oh, I guess it's probably impossible to write a comic. You're kind of at that point mm. where you go, well, no, that's that happens. Someone is writing this and someone is making this happen. Therefore, why couldn't it be me? Yeah. And this guy I've just met on a table next to me. <laughs> yeah. Me and Jamie, we come from a zine background, like both big music guys. Yeah. So I did my own photocopied zines, and you know, and even dodgy, but especially me, I was really terrible bands, really terrible bands. Uh, but the idea, you, your love of a medium is yeah. expressed in multiple ways. Yeah. So you're doing this. So with comics, I was also doing the comics journalism, and I was doing all these other bits and pieces. I put ran anthologies. So yeah. it's kind of like that's all how we learn to express our love of stuff, and so we end up approaching comics in the same way. Yeah. And the love of, of, of music comes across, particularly in your work separately and together, in how much you'll put a lot of music stuff in there, whether it be band T-shirts or, as said, it's arch, arcing the whole st- stories and whatnot. So how exciting is that to get those things out there? And how often do you kind of get a feedback on that or, or hear from people and go, oh, that's me, that's my band? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a weird one. It's... It's always, our response is always the same, especially with phonogram. The first thing is, "Are you going to sue us?" <laughs> yeah, 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 legit, yeah. But, uh, it's great because my my argument with comics is that comics are pop culture, and comics should therefore feed from all other pop culture. Yeah, there was especially in the nineties, there was a period where, especially the superhero stuff, was entirely focused on itself. Yeah, you know, people were learning to draw by looking at other comics, and that's how you end up with those and things. And but comics should take from music and take from TV and take from movies and theatre and novels and everything. Yeah. And you should mix it all up together. So that's always what been, our approach has been, um, which is how we ended up with the stuff that we do, I guess. But um, and it's, in terms uh, of response, it's been, yeah, it's been great. Like, people have been into it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and occasionally when the band, I mean, I think a lot of the bands who are mentioned, especially in a big way, have probably heard about it. Yeah. And, the, and it, we, we've never heard anything negative back. Yeah. But found we're not like, we never like put anyone in who we, who would be negative about? As in, like the yeah, people we're mean, course. the people we're mean to, we kind of like dance around a bit more, yeah, yeah, just because yeah. it, it's not. I mean, the basic, especially with phonogram, the point is it's about love. You yeah. know, this is about it doesn't matter what you love as long as you love stuff and express it. And that's Completely. the kind of core point of the book. So even those characters' hates, those are their personal hates. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not actually implying as anything like yeah. you know. It's always that weird thing as well as any artist in a, a different medium. It's exciting in that other medium if, yeah. if you know what I mean like if you're a musician and you're hearing an, another a musician talk about it you're probably not that bothered because it's you're constantly in that circle whereas if you're in a comic it's like 
Oh, wicked. This is amazing. And, uh, Jamie, you've ended up doing tour art and artwork for a, a, for, for a few different bands yeah, and, yeah, and musicians yeah. now, haven't you? So who have you, who have you ended up working with and how's that kind of come um, round? I work with churches quite a lot. Yep, I yep. I their tour posters and did a T-shirt and, and stuff like that. Um, I just met them on Twitter, which yeah. is, like, really early on. This sort of, I think they just put out their first video and, they, and then I went to see them at uh, The Nest yeah. in Dalston sort of about less than 50 people I think yeah including Harry Styles which is very weird that's bizarre it is very bizarre I didn't see him but my friend texted me excitedly that he was there <laughs> I, I don't, and at the time I didn't know what he looked like so I asked can you describe him and she turned like that could be anybody in there I remember once I, was, I went to a gig I went to see um, themselves mm. which was like Dose One and, and, and a, a load of other kind of anti-con type people in, in Camden tiny little gig and one of the guys from Busted was there. Yeah. And it was a similar kind of, damn, does this mean I have to respect a Busted now? Because the fact that, I, I hope you've just walked in and not known what's going on. Because otherwise I feel... Was it the tall one? Huh? Was it the tall one? Because I think he's into... No, it was it, No, it was Matt. Okay. It was Matt, who who I was about to describe as the, as the handsome one. And then that revealed a bit too much of my personal taste of the members of Busted. I was like, I'm sure they're all handsome, but Matt's my favourite personally. But, um, but so, so, how have you found... Uh, social media in all this because one of the things i noticed when or over the the, the time of us talking mm. is i swear you talk to everyone i'm into or know of and they all seem to know you and it's, you seem to have good relationships with a lot of radio music tea you know everyone yeah, it's weird it's weird i think it partly is because i do a job where i'm by myself all the time yeah and I'll do anything to avoid work. Yeah, and, and obviously that too. Um, but it's, it's just, a, yeah, like I don't have the like the water cooler kind of thing. I don't have the, the conversation with colleagues and stuff. So I just started using Twitter and stuff. And then, I don't know, I just talked to everybody. Yeah. And then I just, yeah, made, made some good friends over the last few years. I love so it. Twitter's, Twitter's got weirder and weirder and less pleasant as time's gone on. But um, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's understanding what your different social networks are, isn't it? Yeah. A, a mate of mine hates Twitter because he, he feels it's, it's one of... Are the least social social medias, mm. and I think it kind of is at points. But if you understand that, it's fine. Like yeah, Instagram, yeah. I'm generally on there. I'm on there looking at stuff more than I'm on there posting stuff. Whereas yeah. Twitter, I'm on there posting stuff maybe more than I'm scrolling through and reading. It's like it's, it's the different. Mm. Yeah, if you're it's all right with that. Me yeah. and Jamie basically do performance comedy on Twitter. I mean, yeah. you know, um, my Twitter's mainly for me making bad jokes. Perfect. And, very, uh, very bad <laughs> really, very bad jokes. Very bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally retweeting stuff, but mainly like, and if you follow me and Jamie, you'll get this basically us fighting constantly, and it's not serious. There's a, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of bickering, yeah. beautiful, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's, like, it's totally a performance. Yeah, yeah. I, I love like, that. Yeah. So, so it's, it's it's an exciting time as well for n- new comics, and there's a lot of love and hate over. Um, I'm a a big fan of Mark Miller, but I'm not going to make either of you commit to that because I know he's a, a touchy subject. Because just I only bring him up because he's such a name now for writing stuff that is instantly turned into a TV show or a film. And in many, for people who aren't nerdy and all this, a, a lot of the people that, that seem to have issue is it's some people feel he now writes a comic book instead of writing a film script, if you know what I mean. So it can get made. But A Wicked and Divine has been has has, has been snapped up. And <laughs> yeah. you've you've instantly, so not only have you had this one that straight away is the the hit as such, it's, it's a hit on that level of, yeah, let's turn this into something. So... How did that come about and what's happening? And obviously there's probably a lot you can't say, but say as much as you can. Yeah, it, it came, I mean, we had we actually had quite a lot of interest when, when the book launched. 
Yeah. And we were like, this is, this is typical of us that we're so disorganised. <laughs> we like blanked like about 20 offers because uh, we it. were like, we're too busy. We're too, and it's like, we haven't got an agent. We, however, we didn't have an agent for yeah. WICDIV then. And we never had time to find an agent. And we were just having dinner with Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick yeah. at New York Comic Con that year. And yeah. we were like, we don't have an agent. We've got all these offers. Oh, for God's sake, Kieran. So uh, Matt Kelly, just, yeah. sorry, Kelly Sue. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you can, you know, we'll call our agent. So Matt literally went off and phoned his agent and came back. Yeah, here's his email. Talk to him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Dealt with it for you. I, 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 I love that. I wonder if anything would have ever happened if, if someone hadn't gone, look, I'm just going to pick the phone up now and make it. And now, obviously, Matt and Kelly Sue are working on this with us because yeah. they've, they've got their, their production company. So, yeah, we literally rely on them. Yeah, <laughs> for everything. <laughs> but how ex- ex- exciting is that? And and yeah. and and what's the kind of? I don't know. What's the process? Are you getting to have a lot of of involvement and a lot of back and forth and so, interaction? So it's, it's still very early days, but it is in our sort of uh, contract that we can have some involvement. I think we certainly with the pilot we can. Well, but you know, we want. I think I think the way we put it is we want to be as involved that makes sense. I find yeah. our main thing is actually finding the talented people to do it. Yeah. I would rather find. I would rather have no involvement. Have somebody who got the book. Yeah. and wanted to like really make it their own because mm. we're, we're big believers in the idea that comic book adaptations should be adaptations you, yeah. you want to make it work in the medium there's so much in Wikdiv we're explicitly going this is a comic mm. you know, yeah. we, we're, we're really planning this is to be a comic and the stuff which almost is untranslatable so somebody has to use a, a leap of imagination and to do that yeah. so finding that person is the bigger thing mm. you know, and we'd like to be involved as much as was necessary but mm. it's like there's, there's some ways you can adapt it makes more sense for us to be more involved and there's other ways to adapt it it makes less sense like yeah. you say to 100 percent. you know it's, it's, so we're, we're just like what to be it to be the best we don't care if we're involved we just want it to be really good yeah, yeah. i think that's the best yeah, way yeah. Of i couldn't it. agree more because i think there is a certain thing where there's certain or basically parroting what you said there there's certain points where it's better for the project you've done you've painted that picture mm. that's there mm. it's you know it, it, in many ways it's to go well this is us being involved because you're working from mm. everything that we've crafted and, and, and put together here. So, yeah. yeah. But, again, I'd still be like, oh, can we come and have a look and stuff? Honestly, it's like, it, it, there's so much... I remember the year, like, uh, obviously, we, Brian Lee and Mally, we know. Yeah. But the, that year, that and The Walking Dead were coming through at San Diego. Yeah. And we've yeah. known Mal, you know, from when he's doing black and white books no one cared about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, which, as opposed to black and white books everyone cares about. I mean, yeah. even so, the but it was the enormous... Uh, posted the size of the hotel. Yeah, yeah, stuck on the entire side of. I think it was the the, the Marriott, maybe like forty story building with this oh, giant, wow. giant Scott Pilgrim, and like you know, yeah, that kind of stuff is like, uh, yeah, we see the friends happens to friends adaptations, and yeah. we sort of like they must be weird walking around. I don't know, like Andy and Jock on the, the Losers movie or whatever. Yeah, when they see the posters around town, that's yeah. that kind of stuff. That's just weird, but it would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what the the schedule is for it, like when it's you're the, expecting. It's, it's honestly really early days. It's in so development it's that kind still. Of, yeah, you know, much. It's the way that um, I don't, I, the like, way options are just options. They're utterly unpredictable. Yeah. They're still like a lottery ticket, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. And I think like the way we're looking, I don't think anybody would want it to be a network TV show because there's just too much stuff you'd have to strip out of it. Yeah, for diverse, yeah. Um, the diversity in Wikdiv is for people who are listening don't know the book. It is a very, very diverse book, both like sexually and in gender identity and yeah, uh, everything really. So. And there's lots of sex in it. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's going to be problems yeah. for the network. Yeah, yeah. So, so the schedule moves a bit different. You know, I mean, it, then, it, you know. it must be kind of ex- exciting for you, even in the times s- since you've kind of had these offers and, and, and done this still to see how much the boundaries are being opened up with Daredevil and Jessica Jones and stuff like that. I just mm. think just both of them were ones I watched and was like, 
oh shit, this is, you know, I'm as excited now for the, the Marvel TV series that are coming out as I am for some of the films. And mm. that must be kind of, the, the, that must have given you a lot of hope as well to go, all oh, right, no, you don't have to strip these things down and, and pull them apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely good, there's definitely TV in the last few years, especially in the main of, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. You know, as in you, yeah. I can imagine a really interesting Wick Dave television show. You know, yeah. as in, as opposed, I can, you know, it's in my head, as in, you can, I can see it working. Yeah. Uh, and the more time goes on, the more it seems that it could work, uh, yeah. which is exciting. Mm. Do you have any fear, and this is, I'm just, just making sh- not- shit up as I go along now, do you have any fear that, um, that it could end up doing an American office where where, 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 where you've got the first couple of series b- b- based on your books, but from what I can tell, you've got a beginning, middle and end planned. This, yeah. is a, this is a closed story. But then the American office, in my opinion now, has gone on to be as good, if not better, than the UK office. I think the first <laughs> couple of series I couldn't handle because yeah, yeah, it was just doing the same thing. And then as they've gone on and, and developed it, so... I would say, it's a weird question, right? <laughs> when, it, when I was developing Wickdiv, there was this yeah. part of me was like, "This is one way through the material." Yeah. As in, with the material is complicated, and the cast is enormous. There's like there's like twelve main gods, and there's lots of supporting cast. Yeah. So it's. I mean, just to quickly as well, yeah. if people don't know, is it's 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 twelve gods that are are rock stars essentially, or yeah. slash rock stars that are gods um, on Earth, and it, yeah, it's then the adoring fans slash worshippers and this mixture of religion and fandom, and and yeah. So that that's like there's a lot of way you can take that material because it's kind of you could run it as a soap opera yeah, you know there's yeah, a lot yeah. of soap opera in the DNA yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. the only thing we've got the fact the book is oh they're dead in two years yeah, uh, yeah. I tell you what if I was willing to bet the adaptation would make one change it'll change it up to be five years yeah because that, that'll be five years of a TV show and that's the standard length for like a, a multi you know a, a yeah. really big TV show yeah, yeah. Exactly, that, that, to give that would... you that leniency. But going on the Game of Thrones process of a massive turnover of um, of, of, of people, mm. if they do two years, then they could potentially move on to have new... Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah, know, re, there's, re, some, there's certainly yeah, different yeah. ways of taking it. Take yeah, some yeah. rules of reinventing and, re, and recasting. Yeah. I think I'm not... If it was really good, eh, that great. Because if it's really good, we'll probably make money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah it'd be pretty but, nice, wouldn't on, it? On a more, but on another way is that... It's such a personal statement of how me and Jamie do comics. Yeah. So like those like forty to fifty comics it'll end up being and they'll be as pure comics. Yeah. As there's so much which is about being comics as opposed to being a television show, it'll, it'll have its own artistic worth. That's mm-hmm. my guess. As in, if it, no matter what they do with the TV show, yeah. the comic is its own thing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm quite you know prepared to take the comparison. And let's talk a, a little about how the process works and how you write comics. How. What, what what the writer produces for the artist and so on and so forth and what back and forth there is. Can you, you give some insight into that? Uh, do you want to start? Uh, I'll start with you. Is that what normally happens in the process? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, say, yeah. do you want to start? And yeah. then he'll start something and then he'll... And he'll never shut up. That, that's my <laughs> thing. I just, just start talking. Uh, it normally starts written on the back of a bus ticket uh, or something like that. that. Any idea or the back of a napkin. Yeah. That's, that's where m- most of the ideas appear. I will, we'll end up talking to the night. So in other words, I'll be some kind of outline to Jamie and we talk out like is there any do you want to do this project yeah uh, then I'll normally just write the script the script my, I'm not Alan Moore mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm denser than someone like I don't know Warren Ellis if, you, yeah. if, if that's if somebody who knows script lamps Alan Moore writes like paragraphs and paragraphs of descriptions for one panel yeah whilst Warren is like very very curt and, and, and he'll and write loads of history and background that isn't yeah. necessarily yeah. The, 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 the viewer or reader may never know yeah. but there's, yeah. the, there's yeah. that depth there I guess and the artist might never know yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skip, skip I mean it. you're scripts are closer to the Alan Moore side of the scale than the Warren Ellis. <laughs> 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 but there's reasons for it, though. Yeah. It's but a thing. A lot of 
the things I'm writing is actually, A, Jamie's an... Inter- I know, since working with him, he's an, like an actor. He, mm. know, he wants to know the interiority. He, mm. doesn't, yeah. he doesn't just want to know, you know, a picture of Laura, sad. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I, okay, Laura's sad because of this. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'll, I'll, you know, and I'll talk... So that's the kind of stuff I put for Jamie, yeah. but I wouldn't put that in for all my artists right. uh, I've worked with. And there's also stuff like... Especially my artists. Yes. I know. I phrase that. It's like, oh, oh, right. oh, I don't, yeah. don't like that word. The, the artists who deign to work with me. The classic um, Ch- a Charlie Watts line of, of when someone says, what's it like being Mick J- a, a Jagger's drummer? And oh, yeah. Charlie Watts saying, he's not my, my, no, I'm not his drummer. He's my singer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's always telling. Uh, uh, but there's also, since there's so much experimental stuff for me and Jamie do on, in terms of like the medium, yeah. there's always like, okay, we could try it like this. Yeah. And there's like quite often like me, me dropping like four or five ideas and then we'll come up with a fifth one. Right. Anyway, I send the script over to Jamie yeah. and Jamie goes... <laughs> no, oh, then, I, then, then, then I then I print it out and, and read through it and start like scribbling ideas for the layouts in the in the corners and stuff. I don't start drawing it straight away. I don't like go page to page to page. I read through the whole thing. I, I think about what we're trying to do. And like Kieran says, there'll be a lot of times where uh, he's got a few ideas for something, and I'll be looking at it and be going, "These won't quite work," but because the way we work together. <laughs> I understand what you're trying to do, and this is what I can do that can have the yeah. effect that you want. Yeah. And we'll go back and talk about this kind of stuff. That's what I, I was going to say, there's, there's character design and stuff change your writing at points. Like if if if, if you've got a if you if you've got got one look in mind for the character, then Jamie comes back with something that's better than you'd imagined or whatever. Does that then make you change at all in your writing of that character? Or is it generally there's enough of a discussion beforehand? Or it's, what do you reckon? Um, with it, this one's interesting because with this this book especially, we spent a long time beforehand yeah. planning a lot of this stuff. Each, each person out. Like, we went all the way for the Pantheon and I was definitely like, oh, is, there any, is there any Pops icons you would like to homage yeah. <laughs> to Jamie? And I it's just like, replied, Prince. Prince. <laughs> yeah. And that's so, why an honour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so we spent a long time beforehand. So we actually, while we were still doing Young Avengers, we set up a, a, a Tumblr that was just... Uh, a style blog for Wikdiv, basically. Brilliant. Um, and we didn't call it that. We called it did you call it like assorted imagery blog or something like that? Yeah, because yeah. I didn't want to give a, a hint what the book was about. Yeah, <laughs> but we also did want to start raising awareness, so we sort of like, you know, this is a thing we might, something's happening. So we were just reblogging all these things, and like, then I'd be sent emailing Kieran, like, this is something I want an idea for this character or that character, mm-hmm. or whatever. Most of the characters were set before we started. There's a couple that weren't, but generally speaking, they've evolved as they've gone along. I've, yeah. I, my yeah, idea yeah. of how the characters look and, and how the actors got has yeah. changed. It's like when Persephone but... appeared, which is, you know, I will avoid slight spoilers. Yeah. Uh, FKA Twigs didn't exist. Oh, well, she did exist, but I wasn't aware of her yeah. when I was conceiving the character. Yeah. And I was like, no, and that she appeared, she was perfect. I was, oh, no, I meant FKA Twigs. That was actually the person I was thinking about and I had no idea. Pop Music Provides is one of the great yeah. things I, yeah, I've learned yeah. over the years. Yeah. Um, I love that. But it's definitely, like, I can't push the details, like stuff yeah. that turns up in the art. I go, oh, I can lean into that. Yeah. Or that effect, yeah. that effect worked really well. That gives me an idea for something else. Yeah. And one of the draw things, to that and reference yeah. that and yeah, so on. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. one of the things people tend to not realise about comics is one of the unique things as a medium is that you can dub it. Right. In other words, after you after it's been drawn, you can change what characters are saying. Yeah. So in other words, yeah. if you see the art and the art has basically gone a different way, you can make you can remove dialogue if you don't need it anymore. Yeah. Or you can add slightly different tints. Or like yeah. if Jamie's drawn a very good sight gag, you might reference it in the dialogue. Mm. So you know that there's a kind of a second level of interplay there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The- and that must be engaging and it's exciting on that, like as that back and forth of going, all right, actually, this this can tweak this or this can change that. Yeah. Do you get kind of a bit of a air punch if if if, if you're like, yeah, see, I, I knew that this would change the, 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 um, the, the or that gag was good enough to get 
to definitely get a reference. I'm not sure. I just sort of expect it, obviously, because my work is so good. But, uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I'm not sure if I ever think like that as we're doing the book is a strange thing. We're just sort of like we're so into into making it. You're not yeah. really kind of like I think going, you're just oh, it, this is great. You're just glad it works. Yeah. The sound yeah. of like, oh my god, this has not fell apart. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's great that you both just seem to have a. a a relationship where you can just go back and forth and yeah. can have that comfortableness. How was it then working with other people on on stuff? Because you've obviously, I mean, you mentioned Matt, yeah, Fraction, yeah. and, and, and Warren Ellis, but O'Brien, Michael Bendis, and, and some really big kind of some some names that have been doing great stuff. How was it? Is it a different relationship with every person, or it's is there? Different. Here's yeah, my yeah. way of working. I, I don't know. It feels to me, and it could be wrong, but it feels to me that you kind of, as the artist, have to bend to how the writer works more than the other way around. There's going to be a level of both, but more than the other way, because the fact is you're waiting on their on their pages regardless, yeah. on their scripts regardless. So they kind of have that initial, that first strong hand in the game, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's, it, it depends. Well, it depends on a lot of factors. It depends on, certainly for me, like if, I, if I'm, when, when I did the, the, the Bendis script from Spider-Man, like I was very, still quite new. This was like mm-hmm. over five years ago. And he was obviously a big name by that point. I'm like, well, I'm not going to try and, yeah, you know, do anything. I'm just going to do as I'm told. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, working with Warren, I've known him for a bit, but he's he's a very visual writer. He's really like the way he plans out action sequences and stuff is very, very he's amazing. Like it, you, you can just see it as you're reading it. Yeah. Um, so, the, but I felt because I already knew him, there was a bit of back and forth that was okay. With Fraction, it was an interesting one because we did this book, Defenders. And he, as a as a kind of a trial, he wrote that Marvel style. And I don't know if you know what Marvel style is. So is, is it when, so yeah, essentially you're... So basically what he does is, it's developed a bit over the years, but right mm. now what it is, when you get a, I get a script from him, and it was page one, uh, and it's just a short description of things that should happen on that page. Yeah. Like they um, get in a fight or whatever. The, and the, Then he fills in the, the gaps, essentially. Yeah, and, then right? I, and then I basically do layouts and stuff based on the hat. So... I don't know what the so you're, you're almost doing half the writing, not not yeah. really, not but you're almost doing you're half more the of a director. Yeah, in, the, yeah, yeah, in yeah. normal like a normal comic script is like okay, full script is called page one, panel one, three people in a studio yeah, <laughs> in London, yeah. panel two, close up on Jamie McKelvey. Jamie McKelvey goes yeah, yeah, yeah. and like in, in a Marvel method, it'd be like it would just be written as a story, yeah. and then Jamie interprets it into and, and often the dialogue yeah. isn't there at that point mm. as well. Yeah, and so then you you hand in the pencils, and then he'll go over that and, and add the dialogue and write the dialogue for it. Um, and that started because. And how, I, I, how did you find that? Uh, I, I, it's an interesting challenge. Yeah, yeah, I like I liked it for some reasons. I didn't like it for other reasons. Because a, a level of, 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 of extra fr- freedom, I'd feel, freedom, but, but, but then also that pressure and a lot more work a of going right. Work. Yeah, yeah. It's kind um, of nice. It probably made you appreciate having tighter direction yeah, yeah, when yeah. you have that as well. Because it's like right now, I know what I'm. Rather than that that thing, I don't know what I'm going to do. But then you'll have those moments that like. Yes, that's yeah, fucking yeah. amazing. That's come out of nowhere. Whereas it's also, I'd imagine, quite nice to have. Here's what we need to do. Yeah, and you yeah. just craft that beautifully. Yeah. So there, there are you know there are benefits and and, and negatives. Mm. But and when you're on a tight deadline, and then you get a script, and then you have to do that extra step, it's a bit, it's a bit of a yeah, bit of an issue. But other than that, no, I liked it. It's it's a different way of working. I wouldn't say it was was necessarily better or worse. Um, although the way me and Kieran work, because there's a lot of rhythm in the way he works, like in 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 terms of like. Paid, you know, panels per page or numbers of page. Like, for example, the um, Dionysus issue, which mm. is the, the the club issue, where there's like four panels per page because it's the one, two, three, four of the beat. Yeah, 
you know, it, you can do that Marvel style. It would have to, he has to nail that. Yeah, down it's like metro. It was like writing down. It felt like writing a metronome. It was like very. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I was trying to work out the the ebb and sway of color, and yeah. you know, it was so like really, a, really hard. Yeah. You needed the you having needed any the full structure yeah. and math there. Yeah, definitely. So, so does having done that a Marvel style? Did that then give you a different relationship with the the finished book? Because again, I think in general on on full style, you're you're kind of knowing the beginning, middle and end while you're doing it because yeah. it's so planned out. Whereas with Marvel, so there's an element of, I don't really, you know, I know the story that's being told, but but I don't really know the, the inner, inner details because of the, yeah, the dialogue it, it and whatnot. Yeah, it was strange. And I know there was, a, there was a couple of, there's at least one of Issue of Defenders where I got the finished comic and I didn't see a lot of, like, the colouring and stuff because mm. um, of various reasons. But I got the finished comic and pages were in a different sequence to the way I'd drawn them because oh, they wow. swapped it around and, and moved it around. So it's... It, Weirdly, sometimes weirdly, even though I was putting more work in it, it didn't feel as much mine, which is yeah. very strange. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't think, um, but we do use Marvel method ourselves, though. We I use mean, it for like, the action sequences, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all uh, we basically we did we discovered that, and actually, it was Phonogram we did it first, but Young Avengers yeah. was drawn first. All the action sequences in Phonogram, uh, sorry, in um, uh, Young Avengers are the Marvel style method, except yeah. I'm. I'm. I can't let go completely, so I put all dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I have all the dialogue. Well, I find that really helpful. Though. Yeah. I do find that really helpful. Yeah. Because as, as I, I think we we both agree that um, action shouldn't just be there in a comic for its own sake. Action should be telling the story. There should mm. be a point to it. So if I've got the dialogue there, I know completely what's going on, why the people are doing what they're doing. And it can be weird as a reader because pages of action you do find yourself skimming through more if you're mm. that engaged in the story, which mm. is terrible because that's the opposite of a film or whatever where you're waiting for these action sequences. Mm. And I find that a point as a reader. If there isn't any dialogue, I will be looking at it, but it will be, right, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and and moving on rather than being drawn in and held on that page that bit longer. Yeah, yeah. So so it's not quite full Marvel style, but yeah. it is. There's so much you do in comics like in terms of like panel size, the amount of dialogue and reading speed. Like controlling yeah. reading speed is so much of like what comics is. Yeah. Uh, which is like... I've got nothing to add there, but that is just so much what the yeah. discipline is. You sit there and you take... Like, when I was learning to write comics, it was you know, taking apart a Warren Ellis fight scene. Yeah. Okay, why is this working? And any time yeah. I read Warren, I'm, re- I'm, I'm studying his fight scenes because yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. really, I'm not good at it. Right, <laughs> That's not my right, strongest right, bone. Yeah. I know, I uh, you know. Um, so, again, this has just come to mind because of talking of the, the general structures and whatnot. Are you a fan or did you read... A nightly news because that just blew me away. I absolutely adored just because it was so. Mm. And someone recommended it to me, and I was like, "They said it's not, it's not like a normal comic." Yeah. And, it, and it, again, that felt to me at first that it's going to be a bit gimmicky or whatever else. But it wasn't at all. But it really, for me at that point, there probably had been other stuff, but I wasn't aware of it. It seemed to really go fuck everything you know mm. about comic structure and things like that. So, how was that to kind of of, of look at? Was that a kind of oh? Oh, what are they doing? Or that was great. I mean, I, this is amazing. Yeah, man, you know, it, yeah, he's a. Uh, you know, that was that created such a splash. Like you know, and he obviously went on to do Secret Wars and everything. And he's, yeah. he's become. It's like hello, I'm Jonathan Hickman, and I am here. Yeah, yeah. And it's got, yeah, yeah. He, he, the image. You know, the story behind that. No, basically, that he just sent the the first issue to Image. Yeah. Oh, really? And it was all done. It was, and it was of course he did it all himself. Yeah, and it was. Uh, it really is like, hello, everybody, I'm here. Yeah. Book. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every, everyone nightly news. Okay, even if you don't like it, you recognise there's an interesting mind going at yeah. work here. You this have is, to take that in, yeah. You know, you're taking... It is eating infographics and design and all these things which are part of visual language yeah. and people don't always keep in comics. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. as like me and Jamie rarely... I wouldn't say never have gone that far, yeah. but it's always on our mind. I mean, yeah, we've, yeah. we are very into alternate... Well, we did an entire issue of uh, Singles Club in the style of a zine. In other Brilliant. words, every time you had a flashback... 
this character's internal dialogue was done in cut and, uh, cut and paste. Brilliant, yeah, uh, yeah. And then you had normal comics. And then, so, you know, that's very much like where we are from. In, and we really like those experimental stuff. But yeah, yeah it was Hickman's, a, you know, he's a powerhouse, bless him. He's just much yeah. smarter about it than we are. He, pa- Hickman is, very, Hickman very is generally one of the smartest men in comics. Yeah, at, yeah. at points, I find him too smart. There's been comics <laughs> I've read of his that I've been like, oh, fuck off, I've not got a degree in Russian. I can't, you know, in Russian history. It's like, come on, have, have some, but... But yeah, again, it was exciting to see that, and this is is going to come 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 back now. But it was exciting to see his style then when he did the Fantastic Four run, mm. and still him putting in so much intelligence and intellectual mm. approach, but to traditional characters. Oh, we know the perfect match because obviously it's meant to be the smartest man in the world, and mm. so on and so forth. But so, what was the difference, or how was it from going from writing stuff that's a you, a you guys sole creations to jumping on? Sometimes as reboots, but sometimes as straight just working on 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 established characters and established um, books. How was that? Was it an excitement or a restriction or, it's a or bit, both? It's a bit of both. I mean, I I I, I read a lot of Marvel stuff. I love I love them. You know, I was yeah. never much of a DC person. I was always a Marvel person. So getting to work on the Marvel stuff was really cool. There are, there are restrictions, and I think this is one of the reasons we we wanted to go on to do Wicked Divinemas. We did love working on Young Avengers, and we we got to do a lot of the things we wanted to do with it. Yeah. Um, but there are still things you butt up against, and not even necessarily people saying no, you can't do that. Just being aware of what you can and can't do within that world. Mm. I mean, the metaphor I always use about the Marvel universe, and it's the the problem, the diversity issue in Marvel, in that um, the characters were invented in the '60s. In mm. the case of DC, okay, the major characters were invented in the '60s. In yeah. DC, the major characters were invented in the '30s, and that's kind of like baby boomers. Yeah. They're just kind of hanging around, taking up space. You, know, yeah, you can't yeah, create yeah, a character yeah. who is. That's, you can't say, I don't know, a gay black teenager who's the most powerful person on earth and he's everyone loves him and whatever, because that's Superman's job. Yeah. You know, yeah. as in, because so in these universes have, yeah, so you have right. to look for places for stories. That's why I don't, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel is so great. Yeah. You know, that's why, uh, you know, you, you find a place for them in that world. And, and we did try to do a lot of that on Young Avengers. Yeah. Uh, but there's still like a limitation of where they can be there. And that's why doing something like Wicked was okay, let's make up a universe in 2014. Yeah. Let's make our it, own universe. Yeah. And let's make it like London. As a writer, does that make it kind of more, um, or, or, or not more, but, but differently intriguing at times when you're having to work within an established framework of this world's here or you can go here and you can't go here or so on it, and so forth? It's a really, I like the intellectual challenge of it and occasionally the emotional challenge. As a Scott Snyder, the DC writer, he yeah. describes um, the difference between work for hire and creator owned. Yeah. Uh, with creator owned, it's the case of like, you really care about this and the job is trying to work out how to make anyone else care. Yeah. With um, Work for Hire, the thing is, the audience really cares about it. The trick is we're trying to work out how to make you care. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. And then there's so much about the job is okay, what's really important here? I always talk about the character, um, Beta Ray Bill, who is like the, who's basically a four, alien four is the best way to describe him. Right. The hammer and everything. So he's an alien and he, he's one of the most ludicrous looking characters ever and it's all done in a straight face. Oh, and I was a one of the face. Yeah, very he's good. He's got a horse face. Brilliant. Yeah. Very good, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and the the character is, I, I did like a series of minis, lots of my first work for Marvel, and it was okay. What what really makes Peter Ray Bill tick? And yeah. I was like, okay, he is an alien. He's a science fiction construct. This is fundamentally an atheistic worldview. This is the that. At yeah. the same time, he's also a god, which is fundamentally fantasy, which is a theistic worldview. Yeah. Therefore, we've got this dichotomy there. In the world, his people are all dead. 
Yeah. Uh, he's, he's lost his entire race. They've been killed by Galactus, who is basically was invented to be God. He was, you know, make the classic four fight God is Stan Lee's description to yeah. Kirby. Yeah, uh, yeah, as, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Legend had it. So the whole story became Amazing. very much about this man, the, a, a man wrestling with faith and meaning, or like an alien wrestling with faith yeah. and meaning and all that kind of dichotomy. You know, that's that's what you do. So yeah. I, I apply that sort of thinking to these characters and what, what's really going on. Or in other words, why would I care about them? Yeah. I mean, when I took over four itself, um, the two main characters were Doctor Doom and uh, Balder. And Balder was a, uh, he's like an Asgardian who's now ended up being king. And he fundamentally realises he is not qualified for the job. Right, yeah. He's not ready for this and he knows it. Yeah. At the same time, Doctor Doom is angry and he wants the power of the gods. And that's this is kind of the setup. He, he's trying to steal the, the Promethean fire. So that's that kind of attitude. And yeah. he's, I'm better than you. No, have any of you did know who I am? How dare you look down on me? Yeah. And to be honest, I'm digging out that, you know, me as a new writer, they're the two parts, they're my two responses to writing four. One, yeah. I'm not ready for this job yet. B, none of you have nine. Here's how good I am. I put all the bad emotions into Doom. I put the more kind of like sympathetic emotions yeah. into Balder. And that's how I that's how I approach it. And same like Loki or, or Namor or any of the characters I think yeah. I get, you know, that, that you find a way to like write about like an actor, I guess. Like yeah. you're trying to work at how to how what how you connect to different bits. What one else describes used to describe it like doing a cover songs. Right. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. how the tune goes, let's make it my own. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean these are taking it to an another a level then when you've got these constructs on in a fictional world to more play with than work to I was a massive fan, or am a massive fan of Uber, and again, I, I, I love in that that you're the the you've kind of changed the what you're playing with there because you're getting to play with real history, but then completely rewrite it and completely redo it. So, so how's that as a kind of as a as a piece of writing? How much of that has to be a research and nerding out on actual battles and actual wars, and then going right? Let's imagine if we put people with superpowers in there. In, or to change that, it's weird. It's like I mean, the, Uber is basically a World War Two story that starts right at the end of uh, World War Two, and the Nazis have invented superhumans, yeah. uh, and it's kind of like, and then it leads. So, so it's right when it would have ended. Yeah, right, suddenly, it, it, literally yeah. Hitler with gun in gun to side of head. Yeah. Uh, that that's when pretty much the book starts, and it's, it's, kind of, it's just to clarify as well. It's, it's nothing to do with cars <laughs> that you can order from your phone. Just that's just unfortunate timing. Yes. And, they really didn't make it much harder. <laughs> The, the, the first New York con we went to after the Uber had launched, they had a stand in the in the oh, wow. with like big Uber, and it was like oh, fuckers. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, so that's kind of the setup there, yeah. and then it allows you to kind of really. Pl- I mean, it, it seems to, and again, I assume it seems to go into a lot of depth of the on genuine tactics and and battle approaches and and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, the idea was kind of like. I was originally like the publisher, Av- uh, William at Avatar, said, I want to do a World War II superhero book in the Avatar style. Amazing. And plus that didn't immediately appeal to me. That went like, well, there's been a lot of books which set in World War II. Mm. So I actually ended up thinking, well, actually, no, maybe I've got an angle here. And yeah. then it's like, maybe I'll just take it seriously for once. Because yeah. there's so many books there and you kind of treat it as a, a device to do superhero stories. And I thought, can I do it as a device to tour an alternate universe story? And I, specifically, I'm not... The superhero is very much an atom bomb metaphor. Yeah. And the idea of this is what happens if Nazi Germany invented an atom bomb towards the end of the war. Yeah. And so there's a lot. The book is deliberately mechanistic. It's so much about the production. It's so much yeah. about R&D. It's so much about like, you know, I, I sat them. OK, how could Nazi Germany have stabilised itself a little? Because yeah. it can't really stabilise because it's so broken at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing is me to try to work out a quote-unquote realistic, hard materialist superhero story without many heroes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, superhero isn't really the right word. I mean, yeah. the normal line I use is, if you're reading a Marvel comic or any superhero comic, 
the genre dictates if Spider-Man fights Galactus, Galactus being the planet-eating monster, Spider-Man will always defeat Galacticus because mm-hmm. that's that's how superhero stories work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uber is not uh, every single time Galactus will win because it's just about math. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, like, and as weird as it sounds, it's far more rooted in, in in reality than general superhero films everything in some way can be explained mm. like I mean, here's here's how we're making them here's why these ones are stronger than these ones rather than just well hulk's the hulk yeah. he's just strongest that's it's, just that it's kind of here's why we're, we're we're yeah we're making these stronger or we're experimenting here and it is it becomes as much of about the arms race just with humans as it is about um superheroes as such i mean the ethical structure of uber was always um it has to be talking about World War Two. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of the stuff which I'm using to talk about stuff involved. I mean, there's a in the next start we're we're having a break at the moment. We're coming back with the last 24 episodes called yeah. Uber Invasion. But there's kind of the second issue of that is basically described as American Hiroshima, and right. it's basically the idea of let, let's do a let's do the day after Hiroshima in America and just go ground level for an issue and really kind of dig into that. Yeah. And there's the whole wow. stuff about the Eastern Front, and it's all very much about can we you know, refresh these ideas. Because I, I when I was starting, I was kind of offended because I came from a games journalism background. Yeah. And World War Two seemed to me kind of like viewed, like, I don't know, I imagine in 10 years' time, people thinking that treating World War Two kind of like the way we treat the war in Middle Earth. Yeah. This is just a place where some, yeah. there's some cool toys, there's yeah. the good guys over here and there's the bad guys over here. And it's, you know what I mean? I wanted to try to do something that refreshed the horror of World War Two yeah. and made us aware, why are we afraid of Nazis? You know, because, yeah. you know, we could say many things about Nazi Germany. One important thing they did, they lost. Yeah, and we yeah. know they lost, yeah, and that yeah, makes yeah. them safe. Yeah. And, and there's a lot about yeah, Uber. Which, there's a lot about Uber, which is trying to remind: no, no, fascists are fucking scary, and there's yeah. a reason why we should be worried about them, and we should be worried about like what war. We, you know, war is hell is not exactly an original idea, yeah. but really trying to refresh it. It's, it's bringing it through. No, yeah. I love that. Um, I, I, I worry this. This now feels like I'm just trying to turn this podcast into an advert for everything you guys have ever done. But um, <laughs> with, with obviously the excitement of Star Wars at the moment, um, the Darth Vader um, a run that you're doing right now, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. I got the first book. And one of the things I've really liked, again, it's similarly looking at these, at these restrictions because I also got the uh, Luke Skywalker um, Star, Star Wars, Wars yeah. one, sorry, did I say Trek or Wars at the beginning? Wars, Wars, I did yeah, say Wars. I'm right. I'm on the right one. Don't want to get, don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Cro- crossover. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so one of the things I liked was I read the Darth of Vader one first. And again, not to give you a big head, is because I saw your name on it. So I thought that's, that's, a, safe, that's a safe bet. But then it was really interesting reading the Star Wars one because there are parts of the story that cross over, but quite cleverly covered tracks, if you know what I mean. So how, how was that to work within other... Again, another realm, but but also within other restrictions. It's interesting. I mean, like, um, it's what me and Jason have experience because Jason Aaron writes Star Wars. Yeah, and we uh, he was writing Wolverine than the X Men at the same time I was writing Uncanny X Men. Oh right, so you've so had the we've da- we've danced with each other before. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like there's like okay, we're, we, this is the story I want to do. We know at the end of this end of the issue, we okay, the, the stories are set between um, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, so. Anyone who's seen those movies knows, okay, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Yeah. Um, at the end of the first arc, in both our books, Darth Vader discovers, he hears for the first time that the name Skywalker and therefore realises he has a son. Yeah. And that's such a big beat, you know, and that's such yeah, a, yeah, that's the yeah. cool thing about doing a book in this period. You get to do these quite meaningful character beats. So we knew that would be the structure. And and just, um, I mean, exciting to, to be able to go, hang on, there's, there's a massive gap between these huge stories that we know. So there's, 
there's a lot that you can do there. But with characters that already, all you need to do is have Darth Vader walking down a corridor and you've got you've instantly got drama and excitement. So so, so great people to work with in that way. It's fantastic. I mean, it's been a really enjoyable... I, I just always feels like, I don't know, playing the blues. Yeah. Like, I know how the story goes. And it's like, it has a natural momentum to it. And I, I would not try to deconstruct it too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. my natural urge is to like play games and stuff. And it's not, I want to do... It has to feel like the missing film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that was always the idea. And that, me and Jason, this is the thing we said right from the start. We wanted it to feel like Star Wars. Yeah. Like we don't. If it doesn't feel like Star Wars, we don't do it. So we do a lot of like paneling. Our, cho- our choices. We don't. We don't do like internal dialogue. So you right. never know what Darth Vader's thinking. And right, that, that's nice. explicit. Yeah, and that, I hadn't even you considered want, that. But that's yeah. You want to keep Darth Vader at a slight distance because Darth Vader is scary. Yeah. And so a lot of the thing is like also Darth Vader by as a lead character by himself. He's quite serious. And if you haven't just surrounded by Imperial people, that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's just like these dull fascists. So I had to work out a way to surround him with, because Star Wars also means, you know, comedy and romance, capital R, romance. So the idea of actually working a cast around Darth Vader to make it feel like Star Wars, yeah. but just kind of a dark Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of a lot of, the, lot of the thinking. So yeah, it's gone very well, which is like exciting. I, said, I, you, I like that. And how much scope did you have for bringing in new characters? Because that's an interesting thing. Again, there is, again, not. <laughs> but there is a character that comes in that seems like it's going to I've, I've not read the second collection yet but yeah seems to be becoming a big deal and that must be exciting to go oh hang on i can yes. build this world i can add to this world uh basically the our main communication with lucas films is through the story group the story and the story group basically controls all continuity and all medium wow because so, they restart the canon yeah uh so it's like the books and the games and obviously the movies. So they, their job is they make it all line up. Man, that must be a hell of a job, right? It is. And it's, damn. I, it's kind of like I have enormous admiration for them trying it because I'm not aware of anyone yeah. who's tried to do... I mean, obviously Marvel keeps its continuity, but it's always a bit squishy. Yeah. You know, and that's it's the by design. And it will laugh at its squishiness yes. at points. It's kind of, it gets away with it because of that. Yeah. Well, this is like, they, all, they actually want to make it here as history. And so there's limitations there, but a lot of limitations I would know anyway. Yeah. Kind of like, it's like if, if I know the end of like A New Hope, Vader was the only survivor of the Death Star, the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, he has control of an entire fleet. He's yeah. much more powerful than he was, ever was in Star Wars. So yeah. what's the story between the two? Surely he must have been like low. So there's an implied fall and rise story. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, clearly yeah, yeah. my story. I'm not going to have Darth Vader go and, I don't know, uh, start playing banjo somewhere. <laughs> I would never pitch I mean, that story. Don't <laughs> write it off, time. man. It sounds quite... Imagine some. Um, imagine him in, in the little bar on Tattoo, just having a bit of a jam, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just chilling out. Um, in, in my head, he's a pianist. I don't know yeah. why. I just started, like, miming. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, you're right. He's, he's definitely more that realm. Um, so just... To both of you, again, what do you think, this is a huge question, what do you see as the, the current state of, of comic books and, and, the, and the future of comic books? It seems like a hugely exciting time where independent books are as important and as big as, as, as the major things, yet you, it's still the major companies that are leading at the moment in the film and TV kind of realms, but again, even that seems like it's going to be changing and, and shifting about, so... Tell me everything that's going to happen in the future and sum it up in about five minutes or so. It's very, very interesting time. Um, I, I, we haven't seen what's going to shake out from things that have happened recently. Yeah, the image books especially are doing really well. I mean, we're... Oh, image just, just seem to be just so prolific at the moment as well. Can you remember what number we were 13? at? Like we, uh, the first Wick Div trade was 13th biggest seller. Oh, in, wow. Like of 2015, which isn't is incredible. Like, yeah, I can't take crazy. that in. And like most of the things above us are Saga and Walking Dead, and there's yeah. a, a, a couple of like Marvel books. But yeah. really, it's like 
you know, that's big. That, yeah. you know, I'm joking about being hit. This is, feels very strange. Yeah, yeah. so but, it, you can't really take them. But then there's these there's things like both Marvel and DC have uh, kind of rebooted themselves in the last year. Yeah. And um, the effects of that haven't really shaken out yet. I don't know, because you get people who, you know, the idea of it is you reboot it, you get people interested, you get excited, they want to read it. You also get people who think, well, I'm going to just stop now. I'm done now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Completely, just... and I've had a bit of that, if I'm honest, on a, f- mm. a few of the reboots where it's like, all right, well... I'm not that. No, I'm glad that's ended. Then, yeah, but I, you know, I mean, there is that because again, it's 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 far more regular in independent comics mm. to, as said, have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm. With Marvel and DC, it seems to have to be an ever running timeline. Therefore, mm. if you do give the audience a chance to go, right, I'll I'll, I'll step off the bus now. Then, then mm. that's that's a dangerous thing at points. So I'm a little worried about that kind of thing because it's a bit of a rising, you know, tide brings all the boats up. Um, yeah. I, well, I guess we'll see how it works out. But there's things like a, a lot of the the books that newer readers are getting into yeah. in terms of the superhero stuff. I've heard anecdotally things, things like, oh, well, they thought it finished and it, that's it, it's over because yeah. it's been rebooted and they're so used to, that's the last issue, right, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. And they're not coming back. And that kind of thing worries me because you need those new people in. Yeah, so, so it's an interesting time, but it's also a positive time. Like sales are way up than they were 10 years ago. Person like our readership is incredible in, in terms of the amount of times we hear people, you know, this is my first comic book or something like yeah, this. And yeah. um our our readership and it, it's 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 very different to what the queue would have been at a con like ten years ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it is a very exciting time for and that. And again, we just the amount much... of cons, I guess, as well is yeah, is yeah. a is a reflection of well, that. When we came in, I mean as far you could look at when we came in and there was the one Bristol con that got basically got smaller and smaller every year and then stopped and like you could comics was dying at that point. Mm. We thought this was this was sort of this was it, and then things turned around quite quickly. Well, mm. I say quite quickly over ten years, but um, it's so different now. This is like a con every weekend in the UK. Do you think is... it's solely down to you two guys yes. that the whole industry has Absolutely. turned around and is now? We can't take all the credit, but I think between Warren, I was about to say we can take the credit if you take Matt Matt Wilson, our colorist, to us. Yeah, yeah. then then we have all the credit. (laughs) But but a a large part of it, in terms of the people working in the industry, is Warren because Warren Ellis had the Warren Ellis Forum in the late nineties, and that Kieran was on that. Fraction and Kelly Sue were on it. Hickman was on it. Sam Humphreys. Oh, that's fascinating! All these people, and 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 it was yeah, Brian and O'Malley were on it. Everyone was on it, and everyone thought they were going to make it comics. Almost immediately, it just took them 15 years. Yeah. Basically, there was a bit of it. What I'm especially arguing, we should do these kind of comics. And he, these are the old bastard manifesto if you want to dig it out, if you yeah. want to see an interesting historical document. And that was like, we're going to do this. We're going to revolutionise comics. And it took us 15 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, if you look now, this the stuff that, I don't know, like all the book stuff Image is putting out, yeah. and it's doing so well, um, it's kind of what we thought the medium should be. And yeah. I feel like we're on the second generation of yeah, that yeah. now. Though, so us guys have been around for a long time and then you've got then people are coming in who've been influenced by that kind of thing yeah. who are doing their own thing mm. I think um, the, the diversity like is so and Ms. Marvel yeah. and, and who are applying sort of all these things that we've been but diversity is so much better and, oh well but, you know diver- comics diversity issues uh, are, are, I wish you could solve it overnight which you can't yeah. but if you look at the people who are coming to signings who are very clearly the people who are doing books in like a year or two years it's much better yeah. I, I think comics in three years time will be uh, it's never going to be perfect I think it's going to be almost unrecognisable. And that's the most exciting. I think we're, um, how to phrase this, not quite often in, in life you think, oh, everything's hopeless, we're all doomed. Now I think in comics we have a chance to blow it, as yeah. in it could be better. Yeah. Uh, it's all, and it's all, we could lose, you know, it, we could fail this battle and yeah. lose it, but we could always win it. Yeah. And this definitely feels, I feel optimistic, despite the many problems, I don't think they're insurmountable. Mm. 
when I grew up, there was no comic shop in my hometown of Stafford. Yeah. I couldn't read American comics, so there was no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I could get my phone out now and buy a comic and read it. Yeah, I could read amazing. a web. I could read a web comic. I could order it off a bookshop. I could go down a... They're in bookshops now. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's so much easier. And, uh, a, and a good selection in, in mm, bookshops yeah, yeah. now as well. Not just his Spider-Man, Superman, Batman. You know, it's like, you know, a, a real range. It's, it's Yeah, it's strange. Like yeah. any bookshop I go into, they've got our book. It's very weird. Often under F, though, which is a problem. <laughs> Because the, well, the first volume is called the Faust Act. Oh, of course it is. So on the that, side, even, yeah, yeah, even yeah. though it says in big letters that we can do on the go F. And under yeah. F. That must be hugely frustrating. Well, I mean, it's it's been lovely chatting, and that's quite a, a, a positive note to start to wrap things up on. But I just want to ask num- number one: what's ahead for you guys? Like separately, what have you got planned? And also, if you've got anyone that you're reading at the moment and recommending, or any any comics. And again, if there's not, it's not some bad thing. And any time I'm working on music, and people are like, so what you listen to right now is like podcasts yeah. um, <laughs> good luck with that but well obviously we're Wicked Divine's another two or three years yeah so that's that's yeah. mostly me because drawing a monthly comic takes a month yeah the um, trade like the next trade comes out in like February that's yeah. like issues like 12 to 17 yeah and issue 18 starts in April so that's right, kind of like wow. a, that's the big that's a big exciting kick off everyone we described the next arc basically the um, Taylor Swift Bad Blood video for five issues. So it's like a lot Brilliant. of explosions, a lot of high heels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, so we're doing that. I'm doing some stuff outside of comics. Excellent. Um, which uh, um, oh, what you're working on? I'm not sure. I can what talk can you about say? It. You can't no, say that's no, fine. No, no, that's no, exciting no. though to be. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. It, 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 it. It's something I wanted to do for a while, and I thought I'd go into it at a much lower level than I am. And I've been asked to do something that's it's going to be good. I hope. It's um, porn then. Yeah, that's that, that's that solved. That's that. Yeah. No, that uh, sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Jamie's exciting. going to become a professional assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, perfect. You wouldn't say. I'm sorry, Jamie. So, so they're the main focuses now, and yeah. you've got the last or or the concluding f- phonograms yeah, yeah, yeah. on it's, so, it's so, so out any minute March, now. No, the, the last issue is out on like will be out by the time this comes out, yep. but it's out in trade in March. Yeah. Yep. Um, like, that's phonogram over. Yeah, that's phonogram. Like the the beast is finally dead, which yeah. is emotional goodbye. Indeed, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of touching. Yeah, uh, and I'm like finished. I'll be carrying on Darth Vader, and obviously Darth Vader is an implied end because that story yep. can't go on forever. Yeah, uh, and I'm um, what's I doing? I'm doing a book called Mercury Heat for Avatar. Uber's coming back this next next year, like awesome. well this year rather now. Yeah. Um, and I've got a couple of other announced things, and I'm desperate trying to avoid taking more work on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, this is, this that's is the wise. year that we decided both independently. I think yeah. that we just want to treat ourselves a bit better. Yeah, actually, no, it's actually, wise. It's yeah. because again, it's that it's it's it's, it's another it's, it's a similar industry that doesn't have an off season. Yeah. It's it's yeah. an ongoing thing, mm. particularly if you're lucky enough to be at a level where you're in demand coming. Yeah. But it just means that demand that doesn't kind of go well. It's the winter now, so we can all relax a little bit. It's yeah, like no, yeah, people yeah. want this stuff all year round. Yeah. Um, so where can, can people keep up to date on your stuff? You're, you're, uh, you're both all over social media, right? Yeah, we're both on Twitter. Uh, I'm McKelvey, he's Kieran Gillen. Um, I guess that the, the central place for both of us is wickdiv.tumblr.com or wickdiv.com, um, which, which links you into yeah. all of our stuff. Really. Anything really important gets like linked there. But if you actually follow my Tumblr, which is Kieran Gillen at tumblr.com, I, I reblog a lot of her crap and yeah. occasionally rant. Uh, I've been ranting about how to write comics this week. Great. So it's that kind of like, um, I, I need to restart my podcast. That's another thing I've got to do this year. Do a podcast. I've, it's I've, the way. And... I did, it's like called Decompressed. I talk, I interview comic creators about how the craft works. And yeah. I did like about 26 of them. And I've sat awesome. took a break. I need to start that up again. Yeah. The beauty of like, I put mine out on Acast, and again, I'll, I'll I'll hook you up with them if you decide to come back. Because the beauty of Acast is, if you're listening on that app or you have their their player on your on on your website, when you're uploading, 
you can upload images and links. Oh, nice. So if like all the, all all the time that we've talked about all the stuff you're working on, there'll be a link to to buy any of these books, yeah. pictures of these books, any of these characters or writers that that we're talking about. And that's actually really useful. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's a really exciting time for everything that's visual. I think, and again, it always seems like I'm pushing it. I still listen to tons of podcasts on iTunes. I'm not like just saying yeah. Acast is way, but for certain things, it's so exciting because it can be such a. It's just. Are there that, that, that as you're talking about it, you can either learn more or you can just just look at it, and that's that's pretty dope. So yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. But um, you may have noticed about halfway through, I looked in my bag, and that's because I have to confess that I forgot my Polaroid camera. Oh, no, I, no. I take a Polaroid, <laughs> a selfie of every one. So um, I guess I'm going to have to take a Polaroid at home of of a collection of your work. <laughs> so it, it will it will really seem like I'm just trying to advertise your. It's yeah. one long advert, but it's fine. No one needs to see our faces. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was, I was, was gutted because. That's part of the excitement because <laughs> yeah, when yeah. when when we didn't quite recognise each other in pre- yeah, yeah. We did, we just now clear and we did kind of walk past and both go, <laughs> I think that might be and then kind of turn back. So that's that's part of the excitement. But yeah, that just means that we're going to have to do another one at some point down the line to yeah. get that that all 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 elusive photo. So well, thank you very much, guys. And yeah, it's been lovely. Thank you. It's been lovely, Bingham. Oh, I forgot to recommend the book. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, well. We're still rolling if you want to recommend oh, uh, anything. Insects by Margaret Bennett. I forget the artist. I just, I just read that on the train. I-N-S-E-X-T. E-X-T. It's two, um, it's two lesbian Victorian ladies, body, body horror stuff. It's, it's genuinely oh, wow. horrific and quite poetic. Uh, Margaret is on form. That sounds amazing. Have you got anything? Um, I don't want to put the pressure on you now. It, I, I completely blanked on them. Is it another castle? Wheeler, uh, oh, Wheeler's another castle. And, Andrew Wheeler and uh, Paulina, and I forget her surname. Uh, but they've got a book coming out with only next month, I think. Yeah, and that's good. Great. Yeah, deconstructionary oh, like Mario. It says in the Princess of the Castle, so it's like a deconstructionary um, take on Mario. Yeah. Oh wow, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much, guys. No worries. There we go. What a lovely nerd out between all three of us. I, I really enjoyed that. I thought they were fascinating guys. It was. I've talked to Jamie, as we kind of half mentioned, for a long time now um, on Twitter, but we'd never met. And Kieran, I've only just started talking to recently, but I'm a big fan of both of their work. So it was, gro- it was great to get to meet them guys and great to get to hear all of them stories and the influence for that, for example, Warren Ellis has had on the current breed of writers and stuff like that I found absolutely fascinating but um yeah hope you all enjoyed that if you did if you're a comic book guy um obviously I, I, I recommend the wicked and the, the wicked and the divine um I recommend a phonogram everything we talked about uh, really if you if you've listened on Acast it'll all be tagged and linked in but yeah come back next week because we've got Jim Smallman of Progress Wrestling and it's a really bloody very good one so I really recommend you check that out. Until then, if you could be so kind to like and subscribe and all that good stuff, support our sponsors, our wonderful sponsors, and just spread the word. That's the bit that counts. And that was the the beautiful thing on last week's episode. I said there was just so much a word of mouth. So despite the guests not having hundreds and millions of followers on Twitter or whatever else, word was getting out from you guys. So thank you very much for that. Um, Yeah. I'll see you next week. I've been Scroobius Pip. You can find me at Scroobius Pip. You're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Scroobius Pip. Bye-bye.